Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See, here's where I'm so mixed about this. I don't think he'll even be as good as he was last year. He's 38 years old. There's a decent chance he's bad. But you've got eight bullpen spots, right? Figure that's that number you're looking at. And the Mets have two guys that are locks in Edwin Diaz and Brooks Raley, and that's assuming they're healthy. After that, there are no certainties. We'll go through the entire list. There are no certainties. So if Adam Adovino says, you know what? I don't know how good the Mets are going to be. I think I can do better on the open market, even though I'm 38 years old. Let me see what's out there. Even if it's not Adam Adovino, you're going to be signing a guy like Adam Adovino to fill out one of those spots. Because again, eight spots in your bullpen. And I'm good with a few of them being projects, a few of them being a of this group. Let's take one or two to make the team. But you're going to want to bring in veterans that you can trust. Now, once you get past those three guys, assuming Adovino's back, here are your arbitration eligible guys. These are the guys that the Mets could elect to pay, work out a, a nice figure on a one-year deal, or guys they can say, you know what, we're not tendering your ass, please leave. Don't collect $200, just go home. Here are some of the names, and we're going to play this game this way. I'm going to say the guy's name, and Pete, without even thinking about it, is going to say, yes, offer him arbitration, get a deal done, let him at least be in the mix, or be non-tender as ass. I never want to see him again. Oh, you ready? Uh, yeah, let's do this. Drew Smith. Non-tender. <laughs> see ya! You know, I, I don't think any of us could stand Drew Smith, but Drew Smith has had good years here. In 2021, he was good. In 2022, he was okay. In 2018, when he first got called up years ago, he was good. He barely pitched in 2020. You can't even judge it. And he sucked last year. That, you know who that sounds like? You ready for this? Uh -oh. <laughs> no, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to do it. It sounds like Kevin Ed Ginkle of the Arizona uh Diamondbacks. No, seriously, because we're all waxing poetic about what Ginkle did in Game 7 against the Phillies. Look at what Kevin Ginkle did out of the bullpen his first few years. So, yeah, I, Pete, here's what's funny. My knee-jerk reaction is to agree with you, and it's easy to say, F. Drew Smith, he sucks. He gave up way too many home runs. It seems like they all came in big spots. He had a 4 ERA. But then you got to replace him with somebody. And he also reeks of a guy. I'll give you another name. That's pissing us all off. Paul Seawall. Paul Seawall was a Met. 
<laughs> and Paul Seawald ends up in Seattle. Now he's in Arizona. The Mets are going to have to develop a handful of guys. Some of these relievers who are going to help the Mets next year, whether it's in the regular season or, dare I say, the playoffs, are going to have to be the Kevin Ginkles of the world and the Paul Seawalds of the world. So as much as my first reaction is F. Drew Smith non-tender his ass, I don't know. I look at his resume here the last three years, and I say he could be in a major league bullpen. What is his velocity like, his average velocity? Because that's the one thing, too. You look at bullpen arms, and the one thing the Mets didn't have this year, and I, I went, I said it earlier, like Edwin Diaz topped out close to 100 on his fastball. Right. And and the Mets didn't really have anyone this year that just straight up blew people away. And that, if, if Drew Smith is not that guy, then I, I, can't, I can't work with him. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I think Drew Smith was at around 95 miles an hour. That's where he sat, mid-90s, which these days, by the way, is not. <laughs> it's funny. We said this 15 years ago. It's the only throws 95, but in 2023, <laughs> 95 is you know sort of average. Right, let me go through some more of these names real quick. Number two, David Peterson. Oh, non-tender. <laughs> you, you, you're nuts, man. You got to build a roster. We just going to non-tender everybody. There's better people in the bullpen. I mean, in, in the minors right now. Nah, Pete Peterson's got to be on this team. The only debate is, is he in the bullpen? Do you just try to convert him, which I lean towards, or is he a swing guy? Joey Lucchese. I see. I, I keep Lucchese. We got our first guy that Pete's going to keep. Cha-ching. Trevor Gott. We have no choice, but we got to keep him. Yeah, I think his figure, by the way, is about $3 million in that range. He's 31 years old. Remember, the Mets acquired him from Seattle where they took on the money of Chris Flexen. Uh, He was not great in the time he was here. He actually pitched okay for Seattle before his ERA got popped up high because I think it was his last two appearances in Seattle where he struggled and it brought his numbers up. I I don't know if the Mets lean towards keeping him merely because they acquired him by spending money in the midst of 2023. So I'm on the fence about Trevor Gott. I probably want to see a little bit more from him, so I'd probably tender him a deal. Elisa Hernandez, I don't know if you could tender this guy. He didn't even pitch this past year. We almost forget he existed. $1.5 million is his number. Jeff Brigham, you want to bring him back? No, I'm not bringing him back. Jeff Brigham is the perfect. Um, he's the perfect guy that's in the minors and comes up when you need an extra arm or guys are on the IL. He's your transition quadruple A relief pitcher. That's Jeff Brigham. John Curtis, you want him back? I do like Curtis, and I feel like he got a raw deal. I don't think they used him enough. I thought he actually pitched well at times, and then they just sent him back down to AAA. Sam Coonrod. You want Sam Coonrod back? Boy, he was terrible. <laughs> no, no. Coonrod can go. Uh, th- those are the arbitration eligible guys. Then you have a few of the other guys that passed through this past year. Phil Bickford, Reed Garrett, Grant Hartwig. They brought back Anthony Kay, who gave us a little bit of a few moments at the major league level. Bryce Montes de Oka, who missed the entire season. I think we were both pretty high on him. Coming into spring training, the problem is he got hurt, unfortunately. He didn't pitch. Vinny Latoli, 
Sean Reed Foley, Denny Reyes, and Josh Walker. Those are a bunch of the names. And I think to a lot of people listening, you're like, oh, yeah, I forgot about him. These are all the relievers that we basically saw at one point this season. If you have eight guys in your bullpen, and Adovino, Raley, and Diaz are three of those guys, I want no more, Pete, than two of those guys in the bullpen to start 2023. No more, uh, 24. No more than two. And that includes David Peterson. That even includes Tyler McGill and Joey Lucchese, starters who you could seriously think about converting to the bullpen. I still think McGill, we saw his velocity tick up. In the brief time we saw him in the bullpen two years ago, even though he didn't pitch well, I'm still intrigued by Peterson and uh, McGill out of the bullpen. But no matter which two guys you want to come up with, whether it's Anthony Kay or Trevor God or whoever the hell makes the team because they pitch well in spring training, I I would want no more than two guys filling those roles, which gets you to five and leaves three bullpen spots open to add in free agency and trade. It seems like a heavy number because I don't th- I think that you're talking right now that already three of the guys in the bullpen or two or three of the guys in the bullpen are projects well but back end of the bullpen and I look if Drew Smith is one of those guys I don't think he's a project I think he's just not a guy who's in your circle of trust like Drew Smith is going to have to earn getting back into that circle of trust you've got eight guys in your bullpen so if you disagree with me and for the sake of this discussion let's just say out of Eno opts in uh, and you're looking at Rayleigh, Adovino, Diaz. How many of those guys I just mentioned would you want on the roster? You going less than that? You want one guy? No, I, like I'm, I'm telling you, like I, out of all the people you said, I, I would feel most comfortable with Lucchese. Well, I'm not even sure if Lucchese's the guy, but because he's probably would, a swing guy who starts. That's probably why. Right. I could. Here's the thing: is there's too many projects, so I would say give me one project. If you're gonna give me Trevor Gott, I'll go Trevor Gott. If you're gonna give me Drew Smith, give me Drew Smith. But then the rest have to go. I like Montez de Oca, but again, I don't know how's he come off the injury issue. That's that's the question with him, and and that's kind of it. I mean, I think you need to fill four. That's fair. Yeah, listen, that's fair enough. So you are adding one guy from that group, probably Drew Smith. Actually, no, you you got you non-tendered him. So maybe it's, maybe it's Tyler McGill is the one guy you add. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. I I definitely think that those guys are intriguing because Peterson and McGill, while we've seen them make a lot of starts over the years, 
I do want to see more from them out of the bullpen. We saw it briefly from David Peterson right before they made the trades. And once they made the trades, they kind of said, all right, let's just throw them in the rotation for the last two and a half months and see what you got. And I think we all agree that David Peterson or Tyler McGill being in the rotation, I don't know, man. I kind of want to move on from that. Maybe there's one spot in the rotation that you could have serve as a competition. But I think we've seen enough of McGill and Peterson that finding out what they are as bullpen arms probably would be more beneficial. Well, here's the thing. With both McGill and Peterson, whatever we choose, whatever the Mets choose of them, if they stick with them, whether it's bullpen or rotation, swing guys, whatever, if they fail again, it's going to tick us off even more. I'd prefer to see them go somewhere else and be good and not be like, damn, we had that, rather than them stink with us. I understand. Though we have seen a lot of guys go elsewhere and have success, and it's starting to get very, very frustrating. Paul Seawalt, what? Yes, yes. <laughs> ah, there's, there's way too many. All right, let's take a look at free agency. So the top of free agency does feature one of the elite relievers in all of baseball who has a history with David Stearns, and that's Josh Hader. If we lived in a world in which there truly was no budget, where truly Steve Cohen could have a $600 million payroll and there would be no restrictions. And as much as I love the money that Steve throws around, I mean, think about what he did at the trade deadline, buying prospects for the corpse of Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander. There still is some level of financial responsibility. So before I even get into the concerns of Josh Hader as a pitcher, having to pay Josh Hader Edwin Diaz money, which is what he's going to demand. I mean, he's going to demand it. He's 29 years old, about to turn 30, so a shade older than Edwin Diaz. He's coming off a year this year in which he pitched to a 128 ERA. I mean, Josh Hader is one of the better closers in baseball. He's going to get mega closer money. So you're talking about $17, $18 million a year. I just can't see a world in which the Mets, who need starting pitching desperately, could use another bat depending on what they do trade-wise during the season. We all, I think most of us agree, they, we want to see them extend Pete Alonso. So the idea that they're going to spend closer money on Josh Hader just feels completely unrealistic. And if there is some kind of budget, it does feel like it's a bad allocation of funds. Well, okay, so here's the thing. How much are we allocating towards bullpen? That's a question because if you're telling me that we have X amount for, for bullpen, you're going to give a, ma- a majority of it to one of the best relievers of baseball, who, by the way, we're talking about Edward Diaz coming off an injury, doesn't just go in the ninth inning. You mix and match, as as we've talked about earlier, this and, and with starting pitching not going as deep as they normally do, to have a back end of the rotation of Diaz and Hader, it kind of it kind of plays to this type of baseball that they're doing in 2024. It cuts the game down it by by two innings. Hey, listen, in theory, why wouldn't you want to have two of the best closers in all of baseball with one of them being a lefty and one of them being a righty? But Hader doesn't share Diaz's flexibility. Josh Hader has been exclusively a ninth inning guy. In fact. He's only thrown one inning in the eighth inning or earlier uh, this past season. That's it. One. They did not use him in some kind of aggressive way. And a part of it is Hader's preference 
to only pitch the ninth inning. And going back even before this season when he was in Milwaukee, there were only six games since 2020 in which he has pitched in the eighth inning or earlier. Six. That's it. That's the number. So you are also talking about a guy in Hater who, for whatever reason, has not had that kind of comfort bouncing around. I'm also a little scared off about what happened last year. He imploded last year with Milwaukee and with San Diego. Like, he was not good. I mean, he was he was atrocious. Now, he certainly bounced back this year and had a monster year, but that has a chance to be a disastrous contract. And so I just don't think it's realistic. I, look, we wake up tomorrow or we wake up in six weeks and that's the side to just pay Josh Hader and Steve Cohen is really going drunken sailor crazy. I'll have concerns, but would I be pumped up? Because yes, in theory, you've just put together two closers like Diaz and Hader, and on paper that seems amazing. Yeah, I just don't think it's a great allocation of funds because ultimately there is a budget. There just is. Another reliever who's available who I would not touch, I would not touch this guy, is Craig Kimbrell of the Philadelphia Phillies. He has a ton of innings on his arm, a ton. He is 35 years old, and we also started to see signs of implosion with Philadelphia in the postseason. Now, we saw that in the National League Championship Series against Arizona. He was very, very, very shaky. He has clearly shown that he still has something left because he had a good year with the Phillies this year. He pitched reasonably well with Los Angeles last year. Um, He pitched great with the Cubs and terrible with the White Sox the year before that. But then he also looked terrible in 2020 and 2019. See, he's had a lot of off and on moments as he's bounced around Major League Baseball. And at the age of 35, with 800 innings basically on his arm, which is a lot for a relief pitcher, I think that has a chance to just be a disaster. I really do. I Everything about Craig Kimbrell is also obnoxious. The way he leans over with that arm hang. I It's a sexy name. He's had a wonderful career pass i mean the thing is the guy likes to stay in the east like he's been up and down the nl east he's been up and down the al east a little bit um so i wouldn't be surprised if he's trying to stay around this area i don't disagree though i'm not i'm not in on him i think there's better arms there's not many better arms but there are better options free agency than craig kimball at this point yeah name value there's about to be a drop-off Production-wise, there isn't necessarily a drop-off. David Robertson is a guy that I think since the moments the Mets traded him away to Miami, there's always been a thought of, well, he's a free agent. We know the Marlins aren't going to bring him back, so why not sign him? He's going to be 39 years old early next year. And for whatever reason, (laughs) and I'm not sure I can explain it, David Robertson was terrible after the Mets traded him. He was so bad in Miami that he was pulled from the closers role. He pitched to a 5 ERA. He just was not good at all. I put a ton of guys on base while he was there. He was walking a lot of guys. Was it the wear and tear from throwing 45 innings for the Mets over the first few months of the year? Maybe. Maybe it was. I I don't think it was the adjustment of being traded. You know, David Robertson has now become a guy who's bounced around baseball after that long run with the Yankees and the White Sox and back to the Yankees. I mean, in the last... You know, just four years, he went from Philly to Tampa to Chicago, back to Philly to the Mets to Miami. With that said, I think if the Mets signed David Robertson, which I'm all for on a one-year deal, it would be a reasonable contract. 
We know he could pitch here. We know he's adaptable to any role. I think we have to view him differently than the guy who pitched as dominantly as he did first half of 2023. I think we'd have to lower the expectations on David Robertson. And you also got to keep in mind that age and the amount of innings he has on his arm. We just talked about the innings Kimbrell's thrown. David Robertson's also thrown 800 innings in his major league career. So I'm in favor of signing him, but I do it with caution. Yeah, and I, I think that he actually wanted to be here. I didn't don't think he really I actually I think we you just touched on it. He didn't didn't really want to be traded. So I think that's part of the reason why there was that downfall going to Miami. Um I think he's a no brainer. You can lock him up as one of the five star five relief pitchers that we had, so there's three spots remaining now. And I th- I think that's a no brainer. I don't think he's gonna cost as much. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.